This is Duray Olalia, and you're listening to the Before the Man's Podcast, episode 96, Lifestyle Notary Masterclass. Guys, another path to real estate wealth. Welcome back to the Before the Man's Podcast. My name is Duray Olalia. I'm a former financial professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Every week, entrepreneurs and millionaires have strategic conversations on this show to help you design and build your lifestyle business through real estate. For the BTM tribe, this is kind of a special place. As such, new listeners tend to binge content. So you've been warned. Let's get started. Hey, what's up? What's going on, BTM tribe? Hey, I am excited for this episode. This is a episode that I've wanted to put out for a while, but this is the perfect time for me to put out this episode because I am actually catching a flight to Jamaica in the next two hours. So I was just like, instead of producing a full-fledged new episode uh, where I have to go in the lab and write up a whole bunch of show notes and do all this stuff, let me present to you guys this episode that I've been dying for you guys to hear. Now, on this episode, uh, you're going to learn something that's not quite real estate investing. It's not quite something that we would ever really just talk about on this show, but I think it's going to be important and I think you're going to be excited. Okay. So as the title says, Lifestyle Notary Masterclass, this is literally a masterclass, guys. And when we talk about lifestyle businesses and lifestyle design, I came across this concept not too long ago. And I'm not going to get into it here now in the intro again, because I have a flight that I'm going to catch, but I want you to know that this episode is really, really good for a lot of you who are just now starting to turn your sights to real estate and you're trying to figure out what it is that you need to do and how you could possibly make some extra money to start using to invest. Now, this is going to be a great episode, guys. We're going to talk about this maybe new concept to you, maybe this new income stream for you that any and everybody can do literally as a second job right now, you can, I mean, it'll take you a couple weeks to get up and running and get started. But once you do that, you can make anywhere from $75 to $200 per appointment. Okay. And there are even some appointments you can make up to three and $400, right? And we're going to talk about all this on this episode. And when I say an appointment, I mean something that's probably around 30 minutes, maybe max an hour, right? So these appointments are little appointments that you can book throughout the day and have your schedule filled up and you'll make a ton of money. So we're going to get into all of that. And what's crazy is today's show is actually really jam-packed. So first on, we have on Mr. Andre Hatchett. And Andre is an entrepreneur at his core. He is going to tell you how he's been able to build multiple businesses, including a mobile notary business. And then he's been able to coach a ton of other people and show a ton of other people how to build this business. I found this concept so fascinating that I was just like, wait, is there a way that I can offer something to my listeners? So anybody who's interested in, in creating an extra stream of income while learning some key essentials to real estate, this may be a possible product for you. So let me go ahead and get you ready for the episode. Head over to lifestylenotary.com. I am partnering with Andre because I think that this is a viable business for any and everybody looking to just kind of make a few extra bucks after work, looking to pay down some debt so they can start investing in real estate, looking to use some extra money, some extra capital to invest in real estate, looking to learn about contracts, looking to learn about some things that go on behind the scenes in the real estate business, right? It's going to be simply amazing what we talk about in this masterclass. I'm going to show you how to get up and running in no time. 
after me and Andre talk, I have a bonus segment for you guys. And it's literally a real life case study of Mrs. Judy Lichtenberger. She's an amazing, amazing entrepreneur. Somebody who's actually started this business just a few months ago, just a few months ago, she started doing this part-time. She works in insurance and she was like, hey, I want some extra income. And in just a few short months, she's already hit the $4,000 a month mark doing this side business. So we're going to talk to her and she's going to deliver some bonuses for us guys. And actually, have a full-fledged two-hour bonus. Yeah, like literally Judy and I, we're on the call for about two, two and a half hours, and we're literally going through step-by-step how to get your notary business up and running. It's crazy phenomenal. Now, because it's about two and a half hours and the interview with Andre is about an hour, I just gave you like a 20-minute segment of Judy's episode. And at the end of this episode, I'll direct you to exactly where you can hear the rest of me and Judy's conversation. It's amazing. So again, head over to lifestylenotary.com. You'll be taken to a page that has like a slew of strategies for this particular business. And you take one of the courses that are being offered on that page. So again, these courses are courses that Andre and his team have been able to build and have been able to promote to their audience. And they've seen massive results and massive success. So you guys know I'm a real stickler on the people that I allow to be affiliates for me, right? So I wanted to make sure that if I was putting my stamp of approval on this, that I completely trusted the system and the process. And guys, being a mobile notary, getting your feet wet with something like this to get started down your real estate journey is this is a great way to get started. So again, I don't want to harbor too much on this. It's going to be really exciting. Go ahead and head over to Lifestyle Notary. That's L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E-N-O-T-A-R-Y.com. Head over to lifestylenotary.com. Check out some of the cool offerings Andre has. And I guarantee you by the end of this episode, you're going to be like, dude, I need to sign up for all of them. <laughs> guys, so guys, I'm going to head out. And I'm going to catch this flight to Jamaica. Follow me on Instagram now if you want to see some cool, amazing food. If you want to see some amazing pics of the just the beautiful city of Montego Bay. And if you want to connect with me and just kind of say hi, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at my name, D-A-R-A-Y Duray. Olalie, O-L-A-L-E-Y-E, and I'll talk to you real soon. DeRay's Tip of the Week. So this past weekend, I was hosting one of my mastermind meetings and uh, well, actually the weekend before or maybe the meeting before it dawned on us that we should have like a, a just exclusive session just based on email marketing and list building. Now, some of you guys may have no idea what this means, but for those of you that are real estate entrepreneurs, that are real estate investors, that have some type of business, that are using that business to eventually leave your W-2 corporate day job, and it's an online business, then you're totally aware of the fact that list building and email marketing uh, can and should be the lifeblood of your business. So this past weekend, I actually almost performed like a masterclass for just my mastermind members alone. And we went through the exact steps, the exact process that they need to start building their list, to start effectively email marketing, and to start seeing more results in their business as far as generating more revenue, getting more exposure for their business to the right clientele, and also presenting them with the right offers at the right time. Simply amazing. Like, so my tip of the week this week is to no matter where you are in your business, if you have a, a some type of business and you know that your business relies on relationships, you need to go ahead and start building your list. 
Now, there are a ton of softwares out there that you can use to start building your list. I'd say use an Excel spreadsheet when you first get started and start sending out individual emails and BCCing everybody. But once you get to about 50, maybe 100 subscribers, you want to actually use a system that is made for this exact thing. I personally use a system called ConvertKit. These systems, they're called ESPs, email service providers. And my mastermind members actually told me that I need to go ahead and create an affiliate link, but I actually use ConvertKit. So if you'd like to use the same software that I use, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash ConvertKit. And what's really cool about ConvertKit is that it's so user-friendly. Like I came from ClickFunnels and before ClickFunnels, I used MailChimp and you guys could use things like Infusionsoft and Aweber and ActiveCampaign and Drip. There's just so much. I use ConvertKit, uh, get you it email service provider and start building your list today. If you are a real estate entrepreneur and you are looking to build relationships. Oh, and for those of you interested in being a part of my mastermind, applications are due by February 28th, which is three days from the release of this episode. So make sure that you submit your application on or before February 28th so that you can become a part of this thriving, thriving mastermind group. I, this is the most fun I've had in such a long time, guys. And and the impact that we're having on each other's lives is, I mean, this is just the beginning. And I'd love for you to get in now and be a part of the founding group. So head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash mastermind before admission to my mastermind is closed indefinitely. Now let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. Andre, how's it going today? Everything's great, brother. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm doing awesome. I cannot complain. I'm loving life. Love I'm it. super excited for this interview. Let's think about younger Andre. Before you became entrepreneurial, kind of take us back to who you were back then and what you were doing and how you kind of stumbled upon real estate and, and being an entrepreneur and wanting to maybe help the masses because I think that you're doing a great job of helping the masses now. So kind of take it back for us really quick. Appreciate it. So before entrepreneur, it's tough because I've been an entrepreneur. If you consider selling candy at school and selling lemonade and shoveling snow since I was like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. So I've kind of always had that gear. Some people in life, it, it hit them later in life, let's say 20s or even 30s or 40s, that they don't want to have a boss. I knew it since I was a kid. I always had it. Like, for me, it was always a matter of when opposed to if. So I was literally shoveling, me and my brother and uh, our childhood friend, Matt, we were knocking on doors. We, we had our shovels. We love when it snowed, right? We would love, we would uh, have eight pairs of socks on, a little so cold, and we would got to get busy. And even though we damn near had hypothermia, we freaking love the independent and that hustle and that grind. And that grind hasn't left. And I'm, I'm here at 36 now. Two-parent household, parents separated. But, you know, uh, we, we grew up in the household. We grew up in the household together. Uh, older brother, younger sister. Always cared about people. I've always been a, a, a someone who kind of looked out for the underdog. If a guy was getting picked on at school, I kind of intervened. I coached youth basketball when I was 19, 20, 21. I, I put kids on my team who probably aren't, who weren't good in basketball, but they but they could use some friends and then they use some self-esteem. So, so I kind of put them on the team just because. And, um, and that's me, man. That's me in a nutshell. Hardcore people person, hardcore entrepreneur. I love that. I love that. So let's kind of pick it up from there. I mean, coaching youth basketball. What was what were you kind of doing at the time besides that? Was that your main thing? Did you did you go to college? What kind of started everything for you? Yeah, so um, it wasn't my main thing. I, I was a teacher's aide at the time. I was working with special needs children. And um, uh, college, so college is interesting. 
I never was excelled at formal education. I've never been that person. I was some people who took AP classes and all these crazy things. And I'm like, wait, that's great. I couldn't even hit past that test to get into those classes. So I struggled academically. I was put in special classes, uh, which is actually an interesting thing. Now that I'm, I've looked back at it, I stutter. It's gotten better as I got older, but I stuttered more when I was younger. And I had a tutor who said, you know what, Andre? I don't think you have anything wrong with you. I think you st- because you stutter and me being Black, that they labeled me, that they had special limitations put upon me. And I actually had accepted those. So I thought I was academically inferior. But what it is, is I just didn't like your system. Because at 22, I bought a freaking house. And 22, you've got another one. So I don't think I was the problem. I think it was them. So college, I went off and on for years. I went off and on to college for years. I went to Lehman College in the Bronx, Black Studies major, business minor. And um, I actually had walked in commencement not that long and two, and um, I went back to school like at 29 or so. And this woman I was dating, she was like, well, I don't even date guys without degrees. We were having an argument about something and she threw that in my face and it bothered me. And it bothered me not because, it bothered me because I quit, right? Because I thought it was too hard and I quit. So I went back and I um, I actually have a couple classes to finish up, but I, it was a walking commencement. So that's my college spiel. And uh, <laughs> in a nutshell. No, I love it. I love it. And I think that's kind of awesome to kind of highlight for the listeners. I mean, people think that, you know, being an entrepreneur, even being a real estate investor is this big, complicated, hard, you know, thing that people can't really achieve. I mean, similar to the stock market, I think real estate is way easier than the stock market, by the way. But you mm-hmm. think about the fact that you had these preconceived limitations because of your environment because of what people told you because of the box that you were in. And I see so many of us in that position. I mean, even present day, like professionals who are in this bubble and outside of that bubble is the world. I mean, I remember when I was back in the bubble, like I had no idea that there was a such thing as financial freedom. Andre, I had no idea. No, I was when I, when I first heard about it, I was like, wait, people do this full time. <laughs> people, people travel the world and, and they don't have to be in a certain location. People make money in their sleep. I said, you're kidding me. So it's about where you are and what you're exposed to. And the minute you started talking to somebody that told you, hey, I mean, these are beliefs that you've placed upon yourself because of your environment. You started to shift that. You said you bought your first house at 20. So talk about that experience really quick. Yeah, so I was making 15, 15 an hour at the job. So I was, I got, I got the job when I was 19. I was so pumped up because that's a good job for someone who doesn't have a degree. Even someone who might have a degree, that might be a good job nowadays. And um, it wasn't a lot of money, but I knew I didn't want to have a boss long-term. I just didn't want a boss long-term. I was dealing with racism, which is freaking crazy. After working with kids, kids, you deal with racist authority figures. How crazy is freaking that? Anyway, I was actually really great at what I did. I actually got hated on for what I did. The kids loved me, even because I didn't even work, but they knew I was. They loved me. And that was my spiel. And, and I actually loved what I was doing. I didn't love the politics of it. I didn't love that whole gamut. So I said, like, you know what? I'm going to use this thing and get out as soon as I possibly can. So I wrote down every dollar I earned and spent for like two years or so because I didn't make a lot of money, right? And I wasn't going to make a lot of money at the job. And, and I wasn't going to make any money. I wasn't going to make a lot of money from the degrees that I don't have. So I have to be very, very strategic. And I literally wrote down every dollar I earned and spent for for that time period. So a uh, hundred bucks a day, I would spend below $30 a day. And I was somewhat splurged every two weeks on like my lobster or massage or something like that. So my discipline was hardcore and I and my FICO score was nuts. 
And a true test, a, a true, true test of what I had is I had a crazy FICO score. I had money saved. I had an older car that died, right? So, so imagine, you know, being 19, 20-something car that died on the bus. I could have financed any car I wanted within reason. Um, Camry, Lexus, uh, smaller BMW, whatever. I didn't do it. I stuck it out and kept it on the bus up until I got that house. If I would have gotten the car, I wouldn't have been able to get the crib. So that was the defining moment that showed me that I am about that life. Because most people at that age or even older would have said, I'm not getting on no stinking bus. Get out of here. I'm not. I'm 20 years old. My FICO score is 720, 740. I'm going to get the car. And that was one of those defining catapulting moments that um, taught me a lot about myself. And it said, you know what? If you delay gratification, you can get you can get some stuff done. And um, I want to touch on something. So I had a payment that just came through before we got on. I thought it was pretty ironic because I, I knew that we were getting on. And uh, I mentioned you that I was making $100 a day at the job that I had to be at physically. So here I am with you in my office, and I just made $216.81. I'll show it to the people just so they know. I don't think they see it. And this is a monthly recurring payment. So hopefully they stay involved in this program for a little while. But yeah, I thought that that was surreal. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. So, and then we're going to work our way up to this week, but 2122, Andre, why the house? What was appealing about that? Was it an investment property? Was it a primary residence? What, what was kind of going on? Great question. It's a primary residence. I was trying to get a friggin' multifamily house, but but the people that around me, they didn't want to do it. And I didn't make enough to qualify for a mortgage at that time for more than what I was able to get or what I got. I wanted a three or four family. I had a couple of friends I was talking to. I had a couple of members I was talking to. I guess I was just around some defeated people, to be honest with you. I was around people who defeated it. They didn't see it. And I was like, all right. I'm going to do it. But that was the primary. That was where I wanted to go with it. And I wanted an asset. I wanted an asset, one, to just feel like a dude. I wanted, I wanted my own stuff. I didn't want people telling me what to do. I don't, people, I don't want people telling me where to live. Uh, I wanted my own set of rules because I already had a boss. So I'm getting bossed around at work and I'm getting bossed around by my landlord at the house. Like, no, uh-uh. something got to give for my own friggin' sanity. And, and I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I studied all these people. I saw what literally, so I've heard your interviews and you, and you have people here who have who made 30 million. I think you have guys who made 30 million. I know you have a man, Jay Morrison on here. You have people who really own a bunch of cribs, right? I was like, huh, if I literally just have two by the time I'm 50, I'll be a whole lot further ahead than a lot of most of the freaking country. If I just get two before, let's say 2025, 20, and you know, having the average habit leverage, having equity, knowing that I can eventually pay it off, knowing that it will be paid off one day, knowing that I can rent it out, knowing that I can bring in a roommate if things got rough. All these things and, and personal pride is why I got involved in real estate at such an early age. I love that. And this, these are the things, like you said, we harp on on the show because I think it's something that a lot of people just aren't aware of that they can do that's possible for them. I mean, we live, going back to this bubble that we live in, it's not until you see somebody know or you read that book or you find some insight because of the situation that you're in that you start you know, thinking about, hey, like I can do this or I've, I know somebody who's done this or you know, I've read this book and the steps seem pretty simple. So from that first foyer, kind of walk us through the next few years and what you were doing because I know that real estate investing is not your primary business and you have multiple other things that you started over the years. So kind of talk about some of the other things that, that kind of started transpiring because of your entrepreneurial mind and spirit. 
Good stuff. So 22, I got the first crib. 23, I, I got another crib with my aunt, um, brand new townhouse that we rented out ever since then. 24, 25, I got some bad investments. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm going to go back. So 23, I started my mobile notary business, which I still have now, which we're going to get into that. 24, I got some bad investments. I got ripped off by a cousin. I had three properties. They were in with the appraisers. It was it was during that big whole bubble thing, which messed up the country. So everybody was in on it, but me. Everybody was in on it with me. I'm like, oh god, this is great. So, and once I found out that something was wrong, I, I spoke to someone who wasn't involved, uh, and I tell him, you, you know, he, he was like, man, that happened all around the country. He said it's just jacked up because that was your cousin who got you involved in this. So, in essence, the properties were marked up by the appraisers for way more than they were worth. I couldn't rent out one of them I could, but I was literally paying one third. Of, my rent was one third of the mortgage payments, literally one third of the mortgage payments. So I lost those properties, filed chapter seven, hated real estate for a while, literally hated real estate, hated people. It was a dark couple of years. I had a really good run with dark couple of years, but luckily I had two good properties and I had my mobile notary business. So, so I was able to still stay in the entrepreneurial realm. I just wasn't in love with real estate for, for a little yeah. while. That definitely makes sense. And I'm glad you touched on the fact that you have a mobile notary business. I've been thinking about the people out there who have no funds or who have, who believe that they need money to get started or who are just, who are just like, man, I, there's no way I can jump into real estate. I don't have the money. I don't have the connections. I don't have the resources. I don't, whatever it is that their limiting belief is. First off, I believe that all those are exactly what I just said, beliefs and that there's a way to do everything. But I do understand that people have hardships, people have situations. So I've been thinking about ways to create, I guess, the stair-stepping ladder to get Mm -hmm. into investing. What else can I do to help people get comfortable with this industry? And being a mobile notary, getting started with something like that requires very little money. And you can actually, as a mobile notary, if I'm sure you're aware of this and you're probably going to touch on this, but as a mobile notary, you could be a loan signing agent. And loan signing agents make way more than just being a notary. And this is going to get you familiar with loan docs. This is going to get you familiar with how this industry works, title companies, all of that. Being a mobile notary can be a stepping stone for people who are looking to get into real estate through this means. So talk about your mobile notary business. How did you get into that? So uh, around the 22, 23 age, I had a friend. He was a friend of a friend. And... uh, and they told me about what he was doing. His name was Ricky. What's up, Ricky? And I was like, he shows up somewhere and he gets paid 75 bucks and he leaves and he's there for 10 to 20 minutes. I was like, huh. And I shadowed him. Let me shadow him. And I saw him do it. Uh, it I think one job was, was 35, one was 65, one was 125, one was like 175. And I was like, yo, this is it. This is it. And I knew that you could leverage it. If you, if you look at it like wholesaling, now I have a signing service and I have People do the jobs for me all throughout the country. So I knew all that going in. I knew it would literally cost me on a, on a bare bones end, 125 to get started, higher end, 500 bucks to get started. I was sold. I'm not an overly practical, overly emotional. I'm not a everything. So I don't believe everything you do, you have to love. I think strong like is actually overrated. And I think passion is actually overrated. Front end passion is overrated. If I'm able to make 200 bucks out of an assignment and I'm, and I'm able to go to a restaurant and, and give my wife some money so her life is better, I might not love how I made the money, but, but I love the back end of what the money did for me. So it's practical. It works. The business, yo, it's crazy because it's so many people, so, so many people overlook it because it's not sexy. 
but the thing pays. I've been paid from it every friggin' week for 13 years. <laughs> for literally 13 years, every 200 bucks. After I'm done here, which is why I'm at, I'm actually not at my office today. I'm at another location. And I, and I came here because, because of the job that I'm going to is, is close, close to here. And I, and, and I had to rock the news on the mission that I, I was on time for. Him. I have a fingerprinting assignment, which, which I go my stuff here. I'm making 450 bucks. And I already got paid half of that via PayPal. I already got paid. So yeah, man, I'm all in, dude. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and and just really quickly for those out there who have no idea what we're talking about, because I I realized that I started talking and you started talking and we didn't even explain what it is that we're yes, talking yes, about. Yes. What, what is a mobile notary? Yes. What you... <laughs> so in essence, you are a licensed notary public by your state. Most states, it's not even a test, and in a few states, there are. So you are ordained or acknowledged by the state as an impartial witness to notarize documents, which makes them legally binding. The mobile part and the money-making part comes in where you travel to clients. So if you have a power of attorney, a will, a living trust, whatever, and you want that notarized, you'll call somebody like me. I'll go to your house and I'll do it for you. If you went somewhere, first of all, most banks and stuff won't even notarize that kind of stuff. But if they did do it, they would charge $2 per document in New York. We charge a travel fee. So I don't leave the house for under, I've been left the house for probably under 100 bucks and in a long time, on average, 150 and up. So we charge the travel fee and that's how we make our profits. And it's like really, really simple. It's, a, it's like a lot of simple stuff to get that going. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think about the fact that, you know, regular notaries, they make, like you said, I mean, what, $2, $5, 10 20 you know, $50 per appointment or signing or however that works. But when you are signing loan documents, you can make 150 you can make 200 I mean, these... Yeah. And, and this is this is a completely this is a business that doesn't rely on you going into an office for eight hours a day. You're it's completely by your schedule. It's completely the things that you want to do. Am I correct? Totally, totally. Even when you're there, even when you're there, you're there for an hour tops. And that's long. And that's long. And loan signings are one part are part aspect of the business, but there's fingerprinting. There are general notarizations where you go to people's house and they, and they need um, affidavits and parental consent forms notarized. So loan closings are great, but those are more time consuming. The other mm-hmm. stuff, I like it better because there's very little printing out of documents, if any, and you're generally paid on the spot or before you even go. I have to get paid before I even leave the house. I have a job on Thursday. I'm not going to be around. My friend's going to do it. That job pays two five. He's a long-term climber. I paid my friend a hundred bucks to do it. So I'll make it one twenty-five, and I won't even be in the state. And, and all of us already got paid. And that's for a will, I believe. That's dope. That's dope. And you're teaching me things I didn't even know about the business. So this is awesome. This is awesome. It's dope, man. It's dope. <laughs> so how did you, how, how were you able to grow that business? Because you called it a business. So I'm just like, are you the primary point of contact for title companies and all these people? And then from you, you funnel that, those jobs out to other people that are working under you. Is that how, how, how you're kind of doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm rarely in one location anymore. So I, I'm, typically, I'm in New York now, but I'm not really here anymore. So since I'm here, I'm going to got a couple of jobs. But yeah, so I got really good at marketing. So earlier on, I was doing a lot of cold calling, a lot of email marketing, um, cold email to companies. Now that I've been in it so long, I have a lot of companies who call me directly. And I've gotten pretty good about leveraging Google and Big and the search engines to where I am I come up very, very high on most search engines if you're looking for a, no, a mobile notary in most of the major markets. So I got to where people will, will be calling me opposed to me going out and pursuing clients now. So yeah, they call me. I, I get an email. I, I have my assistant or my manager 
follow up with them or I follow up with them myself and I have a middle person do the assignment and I get paid and I pay them a portion of it. And for anyone out there who, who wants some hardcore numbers, that 225 mark, like that's a realistic number, but but it seems to be going to 150. If if you charge the client 150 to notarize some loan documents or affidavit or whatever it is, and you pay the notary between 75 and 100 bucks, let's say that you're netting $50 an assignment. If you knock out three of those a day, that's 150. A good amount of people probably aren't doing that through entrepreneurship now, or maybe not even at a job. Or, or let's say, even say they are doing more money than that, they still have a job. Now that's 150 from you being the middle person, from you being at your house or on the beach or at the office, whatever, or at your job. And it's so simple, it's freaking crazy. I have so many people who I've showed the business strategy to who literally thank me every day or every week or once a week because they ha- they now feel, you know, wow, I'm my own boss and I spent 400 bucks and they freaking love me. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's so, it's, Isn't that crazy? Even, even, even when I discovered it, Andre, I was just like, man, like, this is kind of cool. And me as a real estate investor, I started thinking about ways to like get in because I'm just like, man, these title companies, these agents, just everybody, the, these loan officers, like these are people that I talk to on a daily basis anyways. These are people that I need to be in my corner anyway. You're already there. <laughs> the term for being the middleman, a middlewoman, it's called a signing service. It's called a notary signing service. So, so I own a nationwide notary signing service. So we've done jobs in probably almost every state there is. That's crazy. That's dope. That's dope. So the listeners, uh, we, we all know this is not a notary podcast, but this is fascinating. And again, this can be used just kind of as a stepping stone for a lot of people. I'm glad that Andre is able to touch on this. So you built this business. You started investing in real estate. Now, what's next for Andre? What do you start? Are you in a position to where you're just like, I can't stay complacent. I have to build more. I have to do more. I have to be more. Why, what's next and why was it next? That's probably, man, you have some dope questions. This is why you're so great at what you do. Kudos to you. I actually had battled that for a while, that moving on too early. Uh, I was, I, I guess, like a, I was doing too much and not, and not mastering things. So I actually had forced my brain to shut down, which is hard for guys like us, right? Because you know, we're so ambitious, we want to do this, we don't do that. But I was like, okay. I learned mastery, and I, and, and I started going all in on what I was doing. So I had some projects that I scrapped. That's something that I pushed back a while. So since 2015, I started teaching. I, I built the online platforms where I started teaching people exactly what to do, how to get in the notary game, and how to leverage it, how to do everything required for it, and how to grow it. That's been going extremely well for me. We also started uh, a real estate academy. That's been going extremely well for me. And then I have people who ask me, well, how do you do that? How do you, I'm like, how do you do it? Like, how do you teach people how to do stuff online? I was like, oh, okay. I know how to do that now. So I teach people how to build their own academies as well. And that's where that's I'm awesome. at with things. Man, that growth is awesome. And I definitely can relate. It's just like, you learn something to be able to teach people. Like, I mean, I remember learning online marketing, learning funnels, learning, you know, Facebook ads. I like learned so many skills to be able to teach people your craft. And then in that process, all those skills that you learned, you're like, wait, I can teach people how to build a business. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. like, and, then, and then you're another level up and then you just keep leveling up. And I think that that's the constant progression for entrepreneurs. So you have an academy, a real estate academy. What are you, what are you teaching people in this real estate academy? So this is actually pretty cool. So, so we started late 2015, early 2016. So at first it was just me teaching and I brought on some guests here. So it was, it was like one-on-one stuff because real estate isn't my main thing right now. But over the past year, 
I've been so fortunate to hire people. I actually haven't taught, I, I taught maybe one class or two classes there the whole year, which was actually my plan was to be less self-employed and then be more of a business owner, which has worked out like I'm loving it. And um, I've hired probably 10 to 12 instructors this year. Uh, we, we, we have a homegirl, Ponji Barr. She's in Chicago. She owns 12 tips. She's probably around my age, a little bit younger than me. And she's a full-time investor. So, so she, she, she's teaching how to be a landlord, uh, how to screen tenants, how to buy properties with no debt, uh, uh, all this phenomenal stuff. Kendra Barnes teaches the Airbnb model, how, how to leverage Airbnb, how to house hack. Uh, Charles Ogilby, uh, who also has a dope podcast as well, he teaches people how to start up an investment club, how to structure it correctly, and um, everything in between the wholesaling. I mean, how to buy apartment buildings. We we teach some Stubblefield, teach that. So, so we literally cover, cover covering every aspect of it. And I, and I made that point to tell people that look, you don't even have to teach at your own academy. You have other people you teach at your online school and resource. And I made sure that that was my. I, I wanted to get out, out of self employedness or, or or minimize it. So now the year is winding down. And I, and I, and I, I, I was looking back, I was like, wow, I did that. I did that. I was able to hire people. I, I paid them fairly. And if you allow your mind to be limitless, there's so much that can friggin' happen. I have an online school that's doing good numbers, uh, a few thousand a month on average, that I don't have to physically even teach at anymore. That's powerful stuff, man. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And that's the dream for a lot of people. It's crazy because I look at your journey and it's been fascinating so far. And we're, you know, I want to talk about, so the listeners have a holistic view of what you do on a day-to-day basis, how you're able to manage all of this. And a lot of this stuff, like you said, is passive. You have other teachers, but you know, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed on a typical day, how are you managing your different various businesses? How do you have enough time for everything? Great question. So I don't do everything every day. Something. So I have days where I do certain things. So, so Two days a week might be notary stuff. Four days a week might be real estate stuff. And, and three more days might be how to build your own core stuff. So I don't try to do everything every day. And I space things out. And I didn't grow everything at one time. So it was the notary school, then the real estate school, then how to build your own course. Not everything was started at the same time. And where I went wrong earlier on was I felt I could do every, I could start everything at one time and grow it. I'm sure somebody can. I couldn't. So, so I had to learn. I had to slow down to speed up. And if our audience, if your audience can grab that thing, grab that aspect and, and not try to rush everything and, and have multiple streams at one time, like, like all that stuff sounds great. Man, space that puppy. Yeah, you'll, you'll grow a lot faster and wiser. So now that I've done these things, I have an email marketing consultant who does all my emailing, who does my ads and all that, all that funky stuff. Um, I have an assistant and interns who hire other teachers. So I'm, I've been able to remove myself. I've been able to remove myself from working in the business and now I'm working on the business. And, I'm, and that allows me to be, have multiple things running without them being messy. If, you're, if you have four or five streams of income and they're messy, just drop a few of them. Just drop yep. a few of them. Yeah. So, so that's yep. how I do it. Yeah, I love that. And you're speaking to me right now. That's that's exactly how I started. I started just like, man, since since I discovered this path, okay, I'm going to start all these businesses and I'm going to kill it and I'm going to do so well and I'm going to have all these passive streams and income. It's going to be amazing. And I realized, hindsight is twenty twenty, of course, I realized that as I started each business, like I remember I started like eight businesses in one summer because I was just oh. that hungry. Yeah, I was just like, man, I have to quit my job like as soon as possible. <laughs> and 
now I'm just like, the reason I started those businesses wasn't because I was super smart or because I was super motivated or because I was getting to my goal. The reason I actually started those businesses is because I was fearful that the business I had just started was not going to succeed. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and I, my fear, like I was so scared of failure, but I was also so scared of success because I was just like, if I, at the point that I was at, when, when, it, when, I, when it became a critical point, I was just like, I'm putting 10% of my time in each of these businesses. There's no way I'm ever going to be successful. Mm-hmm. No way. And I was just like, it's not until you start trimming the fat, you start focusing on one, growing that to a certain point, to a certain stage, starting to delegate, automate, and delete things from that business. And then you have a streamlined business to where you move on to the next. And that's what you've done. So I love that. That is amazing. Appreciate Moving forward, your goals now, I mean, you've done it. You are, you've arrived, quote unquote. That's what people like to say. You've arrived. <laughs> What's on the horizon? What are you looking to do in the future? So I'm testing this out. There isn't a place where you can buy online academies. So I started this thing. It's called Sell My School. And um, I put my schools on there. And I, and I want to get a bite to see if it wants to buy them. Because if they're semi-passive or mostly passive, and I would help the person who buys it. I, I, I would help them convert it. There are like tons of investors out there who just want an ROI, right? So if I've been making three to 8000 a month off of each platform consistently for two years, and they pay seven or 80 grand for the platform, so, so, so they'll have their money back in a year, a year and change, I think that will make a successful lot of investors, right? So I built the platform, sell my school. So I want to see if I can sell mine, and then I have other people who want to sell theirs, hop in and do that. I also have this thing called seller financing only, which will allow people who are selling real estate be seller financing or financing to advertise on my platform. So think of like Zillow or Trulia, but with only seller financing properties, only seller financing properties. Either one of those two things can get me bought out at like 10 to 20 million. And then I'll go to the beach and I'll think about the next thing. So, but, but, but that's 2019 though. We can literally have a six hour conversation right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'm just like, dude, like this is, this is awesome stuff. First off, shout out to Debbie, my social manager. She's the one who found you. And oh, Debbie. Okay. Thank you, yeah. Debbie. <laughs> I'm just like, man, like, like she's killing it. Oh my goodness. I have to thank her after this, but yeah, this is, this is good stuff. Are you a part of any masterminds? Uh, not formally, no, but I would have, if I would have been wiser earlier, I would have joined them. What I have done to kind of convert that, or, or I guess lateral of that was I interned for a bunch of people who were doing better than me. So, so that's kind of been my way to get some uh, alliances, but they are, those things work, man. Those things freaking work. I, I, I give people credit for, you know, who, who, who know that they need accountability and they get in because most people don't get stuff done because they aren't held accountable. Genius move, genius move. I know you have one, right? Or two? I'm starting, starting one in January, starting one in January. So I love I'm it. a part of one right now, but I'm starting my own. So that's kind of the goal. So now... Andre, let's kind of talk about, now that we kind of know your story, it's been fascinating. Let's talk about one or two pivotal moments in your life. Let's talk about a failure, maybe an apparent failure, because I don't think failure is actually failure. I think failure is feedback. So let's talk uh, about a failure that, that has set you up for later success. Uh, one or two. How many do you want? Let's do one for right now. Okay, one. I was in a car accident in 2015. At that time, I was mostly self-employed with the same notary business. I could walk, but I had a hard time walking for a couple months after the accident. That's what propelled me to start the school, which I already had had the idea for. And it forced me into action because I couldn't really walk. I couldn't be mobile. If I'm on, if I'm on the notary, how can I be mobile? And I can't be mobile if I'm getting money. So I did, 
I wanted to overdrive because I had to. And if anybody can go into overdrive, if anyone can psych themselves into having to, to get to that overdrive level of something that they need to act on or want to act on, their life will improve. But that's what got me here. I wouldn't know who you were probably, or you wouldn't know who I was if I didn't build that first academy. And I had now trained over 5,000 students. So, so that car accident, despite my back still hurting, and, and uh, surgery later, it forced me into overdrive. And it made me, it forced me to use my mind and not my body. And you talk about mind and you even mentioned mindset earlier. So I kind of want to touch on that for the listeners, because that's a big portion of what we talk about is mindset, because I think everything starts with your mindset. What's everything? What's maybe one of the best or maybe worthwhile, most worthwhile investments you've ever made in yourself? And this can be an investment of money. This can be an investment of time or an investment of energy. One of the best investments I've made. So I intentionally spent money to be around people who are on a higher level than I am. So uh, one of you heard Aprotech out there in California. I've gone there last year. So it's, it, for anyone listening, it doesn't know it's a black technology conference. And there are people there like Michael Siebel, partner of Y Combinator with the top accelerator in the world, most say billion. He sold over a billion dollars worth of companies, black dude or around my age. And there are just people there who like, I've done cool things who, who just are on a friggin' different atmosphere. So that's ticket money. Four fifty for the tickets, hotel, flights, those are investments, right? But the energy alone, and, and from hearing so many Black people with so many who are doing such cold things and just being around them, that has been one of the best investments that I've made. Uh, also, Black Tech Week is another great one. But spending money to be around people who are on a higher level than me has been one of the best investments that I've ever made. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that advice so much. So let's talk about, because you mentioned earlier, and I want to, I don't want the listeners to kind of just be like, well, what happened to that? You talked about your check that you just received. What business is that? Is that? And I'm sure the listeners are curious to find out more about that. 216 bucks, 216 bucks. Well, you know, not that large, but you know, decent, decent. That is for my notary business. So, so someone enrolled in my all in monthly access course. So that gets them every course we have at a notary school. Uh, which shows you how to be the middle man or middle woman, how to be self-employed, how to take fingerprints, how to how to do a postal. So we shouldn't even get into that. That's even more money. That came from that. So if if anyone likes to join, I would you know love to have you as a student. We've over five thousand students strong. Students dig it. Uh, there should be a promo code, affiliate code below. Okay, guys. So again, the, there's not actually a promo code. Uh, how you're going to get this promotional offer is by visiting Lifestyle Notary. That's Lifestyle, N-O-T-A-R-Y dot com, LifestyleNotary.com. And I cannot wait for you to join. This is just going to be amazing. And don't forget when you join, I'm going to send you a extra two hour audio where Judy and I walk through the exact process that you need to get your notary business up and running. I'm going to ask her the hard questions. You're going to get all the answers to the questions you possibly probably have right now. Head over to lifestylenotary.com. All right. Well, I do have one more question before we get to the last round. When you, when you feel overwhelmed, maybe unfocused, or you've lost focus temporarily, what do you do to get yourself maybe back in alignment? And if it's helpful, maybe what questions do you ask yourself? Good question. So when I lose it, what do I do? Sometimes, so of, as of late, I had been taking uh, the day or a couple hours off. I don't force every hour or even every day anymore. I acknowledge it, if it's just life or or, or something went wrong or because I'm into it. I just take some me time. I, I've got to just take some me time and just accepting the moment for what it is and coming back stronger. 
I think forcing everything can actually be kind of productive. So I've learned to just chill, take five, and I'm going to attack it from a different angle or maybe the same angle at a later time. So just literally, it might be a podcast, it might be a nap. I take that time. It's been helping me out. Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? The Wealth Choice by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. He interviewed. You haven't heard of The Wealth Choice? Oh, man. He interviewed... 10 to 15 millionaires and billionaires are all black and he got their stories about how they made it some people had to sleep in their office floors with their kids some people with a partnership but uh he just broke that book down so lovely man uh, the welcome awesome. of the dennis kimber lovely book that's awesome i have to check that out it sounds very similar to the spinoff of, of napoleon hill's book uh think and grow rich there's a think yeah. and grow rich black mm-hmm. choice have you have you heard that book same author wrote it yep okay okay cool cool what is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. Lifestyle design app, Fiverr. Probably, it's probably Fiverr right now. Love it, love it, love it. For the listeners out there who don't know Fiverr is, what is Fiverr? People do random stuff for a minimum of $5 and up. So I found my voiceover person there for my commercials. Uh, my logo people generally come from Fiverr. Video editing people generally come from Fiverr. And um, I guess on average, I spend per assignment between 10 and 25 bucks my t-shirt designs that come from fiber so yeah 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 yeah. they did a good job with that one man nice 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 love it what do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed i love the fact that i can work from anywhere in the world and that didn't happen by accident i want want everyone to be very very clear that that was totally intentional and it happened later than I thought it was. I, I thought I would be there by 30, 31. It had not happened till 35, 36. But it was a plan. It was a plan. And, and, and now it's manifesting. So I love that I can, if I could pump out some more ads like I did earlier, I can get more of those $216 things. And, and I can be anywhere I want. So yeah, I'm absolutely in love with that. That's awesome, man. That is the ultimate lifestyle design dream. So I'm glad you touched on that because that is the goal. That is literally the goal for, it should be the goal for every single listener out there because once you can do that, I mean, the world is your oyster. So great, great, great. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? I knew that I would not be able to date for a little while. Certain women have certain standards. Even if they don't want your money, I person, they, want you. they want your time. <laughs> want your time. Want you got to pay for something, right? You got to pay for something. And I just didn't have the energy or the money because, you know, even $60, $80 here and there, right? When you're in grind mode, like that's logo, that's design, that's edits, that's copywriting. And there's a time period where you guys got to fold the F back, yo. You got to fold the F back and you got to you gotta shut it down. And it sucks. Let's get it. Let's get it real direct here. It sucks. But I knew that I had to get that done for me to get where I'm at now. So I have to give, I have to give up. I have to give up dating for a little while. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. All right. So who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Dr. Boyce Watkins. Dr. Boyce Watkins. He's probably one of the top scholars, uh, business people, activists in the country. He interviewed me a while ago and put the article on one of his websites. It went, it went really well. I started to just kind of, I was just there. I was just there. I was like, yeah, if you need anything, Doc, I'm here. And I helped him out with events. I wrote some articles, put me on this platform. And that kind of got me my name. 
And then from there, we did two in partnerships. So Dr. Butch Watkins, he's definitely the, the person who helped who, who propel my career in the public eye. And a lot of the work I did was for free early on. And now we're have partnerships. So there you go. Never downplay interning. If you, if you don't have any money, if you have a phone and computer, intern. Boom. Boom. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? Because we hang around loser friends. So we go to a workshop and we're all pumped up. We watch a seminar, we're all pumped up. And we got to share this information with people who we like, but but they aren't really business savvy and they're kind of negative. And then we get sucked back down to their level rather than us taking that hyped upness getting with more hyped up people and then coming back later on to bring the people up with us. And we just try to help the wrong people. We try to help the wrong people at the wrong time. And here's the thing about it. We, we do it for a good reason. We want to help people. What's the hell wrong with that? But uh, most times your family and your childhood friends are not going to come along with you. Yeah. Your family and your childhood friends are not going to come along with you the majority of the times. And you it's okay. You will meet more people along the way. And they actually believe in you when strangers do. So that's where a lot of us go wrong. Yep. Yep. You are so right. You are so, so right. It's not until it's crazy how a, a complete stranger will have full faith in you and your family. You know, they'll be sitting on the sidelines, kind of side on you until they see like, oh, oh. Oh, he's actually, okay, okay, yeah, I love this. So, no, I totally relate to that. So, so I have people who laughed at me for years, but now that I, I dressed up with Jay Morrison and Boyce Watkins, now they're like, oh, Dre, you're so cool, but you last week. Yeah, funny. Yep, exactly, exactly. So, now, last but not, I mean, that was actually the last question. Now, if the listeners want to get a hold of you, they want to learn a little bit more about you, they want to find out how they can find your products and things like that, plug on your info here. How can we How can we get in contact? All right. First of all, I want to shout out everyone for listening. I appreciate your time. You even caring, you know, for me to even be, be here doing this with you. It, it just shows me that my life is going in a great direction. So, so I, want to, I want to shout that out. If you want to get into, into the mobile notary business, you, you're going to have a link for them to sign up below or somewhere around there hit that link. It works. That's a great business. It, 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 it's consistent as heck. And you can do a full-time or part-time. Yo, it works really well. It does. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So again, that link is lifestylenotary.com. That's L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E notary.com. And again, guys, don't forget, stick around for after this because we're going to have a bonus episode with Mrs. Judy. Well, Andre, this is this has been amazing. Um, I've had a lot of fun. We've gotten a lot of value from this conversation. I know the listeners, their heads are just spinning right now. Like, oh my goodness, like I need to go do research. I need to go find out how to do this. So again, thank you so much for the value that you've provided to our listeners, but also for the value that you're providing to everybody out there because you're doing amazing work in our community and we need more people like you. So we have to get you back on the show sometime soon and do a part two because we, we only scratched the surface really. So again, thank you for everything that you do and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Appreciate it, D. Bye, guys. See you later. Hey, guys. So thank you for sticking around for after the show. I know that everybody's not here with us, but this is specifically for those of you who are interested in starting and running your own notary business. So again, this is actually a two, two and a half hour conversation, and you're going to get the rest of that once you sign up for a course over at lifestylenotary.com. Now, here's my interview with Judy. So today I'd like to welcome Mrs. Judy Lichtenberger to the show. Hey, Judy, how's it going? 
I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing amazing, Judy, and I can't wait to good. dive into the meat and potatoes of our conversation. We talked earlier and I was mentioning that you are a lady boss. And I say <laughs> that because you control your time, you control your space, your environment, your energy. You found discontentment in what you were doing. Because of my health. And because of that, you started looking for other means of creating, other means of providing for yourself, not only for yourself, but for your family. And when you came across this opportunity, it wasn't something that you maybe perhaps were looking for, but you (laughs) had the awareness to know that, hey, like I am discontent. There's something out here. This is opportunity. Let me explore this. Yes. With that. As you know, most entrepreneurs, most risk takers do, they explore something. And then once they get to a certain point in that, they figure out way, hey, this is this is good or this is bad or there's an experience there and they pivot and they keep going. And you were working, you know, with this, it sounds like this firm and you one thing led to another and you found a training or you found a course or you found a group. And you're like, hmm, okay, well, this is going to lead to this. This makes sense. This is lovely. And you started progressing down that path. And I think that's a really key distinction between people who actually get to their goal because they've started down a path and they don't know where it's going to lead, but they started down the path. And this is all because of the desire to do something different, to be someone different, to get somewhere different. So let's talk about really quick, what, what is a notary? Before we get to loan signing, what, what is a notary? A notary is just a, a public servant who helps people either with an acknowledgement or maybe um, a travel piece of paper, wills. There's all kinds of paperwork where you're going to need a notary. At times you might need it just to transfer a title. I mean, there's there's so many to serve as a, well, not serving a subpoena, but you might need it for school records. And what you do is you just verify that, hey, that that's this person on this piece of paper. And then you put your stamp because there's so much fraud going on. So that's why they have the notary publics in place. Nice, nice, nice. And I think that's a perfect description mm-hmm. of what a notary is. And typically for a notary signing, I mean, what per signing, like, you know, people will come in and they'll need these small signings that take you maybe five, 10 minutes and things like that. I mean, how much do they cost? How much are they putting in your pocket? Is it like $10, $15? Oh my goodness. Now, this was sitting behind the insurance desk at the ABC Insurance, which also the brother owns American Association of Notaries. Now, when I sat there, You would make $6 per signature, per stamp, and like a dollar after that for each additional. So there was really no money in it. And then plus I sold policies. But when I started getting my health started, you know, I I just knew something was wrong. And I started looking with a lot of prayer. It doesn't come, but you have to pray and you have to say, you know, I kind of just kind of let go and show me that, you know, God, creator, whoever you want to pray to. I say, creator, show me the way, you know, let me know that this is the right path. Give me those signs. So along the way, there wasn't, you know, there there were, if there was a red flag, then I stopped and I waited. But if there was that go ahead, then I just kind of followed that. I love that. I love that. So as a notary, as a general notary, you can make $6 a signature, which is which is not bad. I mean, if for something that doesn't require a whole lot of time and that doesn't require a whole lot of effort, that's not bad. And now you mentioned a loan signing agent. What is that? And what's the difference between a, a regular notary public, which is what you were doing before, and becoming a loan signing agent? Yeah, the loan signing agent, they get these packages like for... Um, from title, their buyers package, sellers packages. So this is so this is for real estate. 
Yes. So as opposed to being a regular notary public in which you're doing signatures for any and everything under the mm-hmm. planet, in the planet. Anything um, that's legally, I <laughs> can't be notarized. We'll say yeah. that. <laughs> okay. But as a loan signing agent, you're specifically catering to a small niche, which are buyers and sellers of real estate. Yes. Or people who live in their homes that are doing a refinance or reverse mortgage, uh, arm, you know, a fixed rate mortgage, or they're maybe doing a tax loan where they're needing to sign papers. Okay. okay. So I'm so- just verifying, hey, this is you. And I'll guide them through the documents, which they've already went over with the title company or their loan officer in detail. So when I get there, I pretty much pull out the CD and then we go over that. I just kind of guide them and does this look right? And, you know, this is a, a refinance 30 year. This is your interest rate. This is you, you know, just kind of going through it with them like that. And then I will verify their ID and then everything else supports that CD. So we just fly through the rest of the paperwork, yeah. signing, initialing and get out. So you're the person who comes in and, you know, for all the real estate investors out there, you're the person who comes in at, at closing when you're closing on your property, guys, that comes in and is pointing to what it is you're supposed to sign. So you sign here, you sign here. This is what this page and document means. This is what this means and so on and so forth until you're done with the closing. So that is essentially what Judy has been doing for the most of 2018. Now you talk about being a regular notary public that makes about $6 per one of these transactions. If she was doing this in any other industry, what is the difference between a loan signing agent and and what's, I guess, what's the typical commission on something like that? Well, it could range. If you're doing direct with the title companies, of course, you're going to get more. So let's just use an example of a refinance. So if you go to a title company and you're doing a refinance, you could get between 150 to 200 a signing an hour. So it takes dollars. an hour to do dollars. Yes. So really quick, Judy, I want the listeners to take mm-hmm. that in. You, you just went from doing signings, getting $6. Mm-hmm. You're doing signings, getting 150 to $2 in an hour. 200. Yes. Yes. And when I, when, and then you're not, you're not an employee in an office that you have to clock mm-hmm. in and clock out. This, that's not that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a scenario to where you walk into a title office because somebody has an appointment for closing and mm-hmm. you're literally walking them through documents. It's going to take an hour. You get $200 for that. You can line up three, four, five, mm-hmm. six a day. And- yes, yeah, like Monday I had five refinances and one seller's pack. Can anybody do this? Oh, yes. Well, you have to have you have to pass the secretary of state background. But if you don't have any um, felonies or anything like that in your background, of course, yeah, anybody could could do it and make that type of money. So before we get into the meat and potatoes, which is what the listeners are waiting for, like, okay, how do I get started? How do I do this? Where where do I get my notary commission? Where do I get my certificate? How do I start getting signings? That's what they want to know. We're going to get to that, how to get started. But now that you've been doing this for, you know, since your, March, since March, so <laughs> six months, six months. And uh, we originally connected. I was actually looking for somebody to interview originally, and I was going to interview Mark or one of the founders. And I was oh. like, that would be cool to have one, one of these guys on and give a lot of insight on this industry and how you can make money in real estate. And I was just like, wouldn't it be better to hear, mm. to hear it from somebody who's actually in the trenches, who's taken one of these courses, who's found success. And the way I found you, Judy, I mean, you know this, but the listeners don't. The way I found you is that Mark congratulated you because you hit an amazing month. Like you hit, you, you want to talk about that really quick? 
sure. In August, I hit a 4,000 mark a month, which made me, was early August. I want to say early August made me get up out of my insurance desk and say bye. And I just wanted to do it full time. And I know that it's all going to depend on me and getting out there. They say you only need a couple of title companies because within the title, one title office, there's four escrow officers and they're all closing. You know, they're all doing a lot of deals, a lot of closings. But I'm also signed up with signing services like SnapDoc, like BankServe. There's several, Zone, there's several other, I think they're called Title 365 now. So let me explain really quick what, what you're talking about. Because again, you're talking, Judy, guys, Judy's running 100 miles a minute because she believes mm-hmm. that a lot of you guys know exactly what she's saying. She has, you guys are like, wait, 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 wait. We got to write this down, Judy. So <laughs> these title companies, yes. they have, each of them have their own closings. And what they do yes. is they'll call people like Judy. They'll call a loan signing agency like, hey, there's a closing on this day. Can you, can you show up to the signing? And that's how Judy gets signings because she goes and she talks to these, these title companies. She's like, Hey, this is what I do. Here's my business card or however she does her pitch. And they're like, okay, well, now that we know that you do this, we know your availability. We'll reach out to you. That's how that works. And if you can get a couple of those, a couple of people on your team, like rooting for you, like, Hey, like we'll support you to where you can have your, you can have your schedule fill up really quick. And what's really cool. The second thing that Judy's kind of, kind of mentioned is that there are services out there. And these services, um, there you're not working directly with title companies in, initially, but these services are working with those title companies, and they're assigning, I guess, they're assigning signings to the agents. So yeah. you can literally have a slew of signings lined up, and you can start making money. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. guys, the limit. If you want to open up your full schedule, you can Monday through Sunday. You can open that. If you want to just work three days a week, you can do that. Judy, am I wrong? Yeah, that's correct. When I first started out, there would be days where Mondays and Tuesdays were slow. And I was like, I'm a workaholic. I always have been. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, I was getting sad. And until I tweaked and figured out I'm supposed to be marketing on these days and I'm slow, get out there, get some sweet bread, cinnamon rolls, go to Kroger, go to Randall's, you know, bring these people something just to say thank you. Thank you for meeting me. And I really have a good heart. So I know that how you can get to people is through their stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Bring bring them something sweet. You know, chocolate bars. I do gift packages, maybe nuts and chocolates. Just something to snack on and I'll put and tape my little business card on there. And I know I only need a couple of good title companies and it's not easy, you know, so you have the signing services as backup, but there was this one title company I've been trying for four months, four months. I was like, why don't they realize that they need me, how wonderful I am and how I have a team? Because I do have a team. Nice. Um, not just me. I had overflow, so I couldn't. I had so many. I started getting overflow. So I was like, let me go ahead and pick the best from my meetup group to help me out. So I started with one and I ended up with two. I have eight now. Wow. Eight people that help me from my meetup group. Wow. And they're fantastic. They're just like me. 
Let's talk about that really quick. And this is the, I mean, Judy, you are such an entrepreneur. You may not even know it yet. Like, this is beautiful. You mentioned that you have eight people from your meetup group and we can dive into so much of that right now because you've already kind of started thinking, how am I going to be able to build and grow this team? But before that, you just let it go right. I mean, unnoticed, you have a meetup group. What do you mean? I thought to myself, well, I know when I start this, it's going to get big and how am I going to get help. And I, I know I'm going to have need, you know, somebody face to face to let's talk about this. Cause I like meeting people in person versus the internet and all these meetup group, uh, notary groups. So I started a meetup group and then one came on and two, and then we had five and then I made a monthly meeting. You know, you find that, Oh my gosh, I'm overbooked. Oh, what, I need help. And, and a couple of times when you're on the other side of town in spring and they need somebody in Katy and you're stressing out because you're flying down the freeway, you have to come home and print papers. I was like, I need a team. I can't do this. So I have somebody in Katy, somebody in spring on the north side. You got somebody in Richmond? Richmond, Texas? No. No? Okay, we'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And we do get those um, calls to Richmond. I've made trips to Richmond, Rosenberg, because when they can't handle it, I do. You know, it's, it's a lovely program because it goes hand in hand with real estate. If you're a real estate investor or you're a real estate agent, you're going to know that paperwork really good. Even though you can't, as a loan signing agent, you're not supposed to go through everything with them. You're just giving them a kind of like a guiding them because you're not a lawyer. You don't want to get into any E&O issues. But of course, you have to have your your license, your E&O anyway. I carry a million dollars. That makes me feel safe because I'm from an insurance background. I was just going to say, Judy is talking about insurance. <laughs> oh, I can talk about that real good. <laughs> you, said, you said E&O, and, I, and uh, I had to catch up really fast. You know, oh, insurance, insurance. So yes, yes, yes. A million dollars worth of insurance. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, it, it's you can have a small business or you can have it where you're so busy. But like with anything, it has to be like a good soup. You got to let it boil. You got to let it cook. You, you can't rush it. If you rush it, it's not going to taste good. You have to, it's kind of like a seasoned professional. You have to let yourself give that time so that you can grow with it because I ju- I'm just starting out. So watch out for me next year. Oh, we'll have, we're, <laughs> we're going to have you back. I was just even thinking, I was just like, man, like, I mean, again, one of the main reasons why I have you on the podcast is to show people out there in their professional lives that, hey, like there are so many alternatives to what you are doing now that can possibly propel you into investing if that's what I mean Judy you talked about the fact that you're looking to start getting into real estate investing and one of the questions I would want to pose to you in about a year but I could probably even ask you this now because you've already started you know learning a little bit but Mm -hmm. you know when it comes to the learning curve that you're going to have to face as opposed to everybody else in a seminar everybody else taking a workshop everybody else that has no idea what real estate is, but they know it's this vehicle that can create generational wealth your Mm -hmm. learning curve is going to be so much less and then there's something that you may not even, yeah, it is, trust me. And there's something that you don't even realize about where you are and what place you're in because the fact that you are getting really cozy with title companies, you're getting really cozy with real estate agents because these are all the people giving you signings. You're getting really cozy. And guess where those people are? They're in the real estate classes. They're in the investors' classes. They're flipping houses. They're buying properties. And I'm like, 
And they're the ones that are telling me and get me sidetracked from my, you know, from and your business. Just, what you got going on? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. But I have to bring perfect, myself back. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect, yeah. though. It's a perfect way right into this. I mean, again, I don't think that you would have went to a real estate class yesterday if you were not. A Guess who I went with? Who'd you go with? My escrow officer. <laughs> the title company. There you yeah. go. And they're going to have connections, resources. They're going to know lenders. They're, I mean, once you get into real estate investing, like there's so many components of a team and you know all about a team, but there's so many components of a team that the people that you've already surrounded yourself with are going to help you accentuate even faster and further than you ever thought possible. She's so I, She used to be a loan signing agent. She's an escrow officer. Now she wants to be an investor. There you go. So, there you go. That's a beautiful progression.